<laughs> What's up, guys? This is Carly Janae, and thank you for tuning in to season two of Naked and Exposed, the podcast. What's up, you guys? And welcome back to this episode of the podcast. I believe this is episode five. Or it could be episode four because somewhere along the way I did drop a bonus episode. But, you know, what's up? How are you guys doing? Have you listened to the last few episodes? Did you know that I launched a design agency, which will technically take me at least 10 years to really get it to where I believe the Lord wants it to go? And I also am fully funded for my trip to London. What? 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 I think all of you guys for supporting and donating. It's because of you. I am able to do the Lord's work in a missions in, in missions in a missional way. I don't really know the proper wording for that, but you know what I'm trying to say. And so I just want to say thank you for your willingness to support me. And if I keep getting more inquiries about a shirt, I will definitely reopen it. And if I do, I will let you guys know. But how Are you guys ready? I was about to say, how are you guys doing? But I already said that. But are you guys ready for today's episode? I have another special guest with me. And if you guys have been following the journey, you know that each podcast typically starts off with a poem, especially in the last season. It started off with the poem and then I would break it down in real time what God was saying, what God is doing. And it's no different for season two, except I am bringing on the people who decided to partner with me in birthing the showcases and birthing what God was saying in that season. And on today, I have my amazing, I would call her a mentor, um, all that and more. Um, Francine Ott is here today and she is a dancer, you guys, like out of this world dancing, dancer, dancing, dancer. Again, you get what I'm trying to say. And she danced this year at the Naked and Exposed Showcase to Just Breathe by Nicole Serraro. If you guys want to look it up on iTunes or YouTube, but the song basically starts off with come out of hiding. And it's this call to action to stop hiding ourselves and allow ourselves to be seen the way the God, the way the God, our father sees us. And so Francine, can you please introduce yourself to the people? Hello, my name is Francine and I'm very happy to be here and sharing with you guys today. Um, We're just going to keep it raw and real and be vulnerable. So um, hopefully this can be a blessing to someone. Come on, vulnerability. Don't you guys love vulnerability? (laughs) Yeah, you hear that laugh because typically we don't. But we know that God reveals things to heal things. We know that it is to be vulnerable is where you find the healing. It's where you find the ability to communicate what the problem is so that you can get over it. And so Naked and Exposed showcase the theme was around mountain move. And if you've been listening to the last few episodes, you've been able to hear the different perspectives and the different takeaways. And so on today, Francine will be discussing just an area in which she had to learn how to breathe and an area in which she had to come out of hiding in the process and allowing God the Father to just do what he needed to do in her life. So Francine, I will let you take it away. Oh, there's no question. (laughs) What do you want me to say first? I mean, um, 
Can I get a prompt question or something? <laughs> okay. You don't want that on? I'm going. We can keep it up real raw. You feel me? Okay. Um. So for the most part, okay. it based on where you were in the show mm-hmm. and based on where you are now, not even just on the show, but with the song, Just Breathe, and the lyrics start with Come Out of Hiding, mm-hmm. How does that relate to you where you are now? Like, where is it that God is stretching you? Where is it that God is calling you to come out of hiding? Where is it that you could breathe a little bit more? Or how can you help the listeners today learn where to just pause and to just breathe and to be still and know that God is working on their behalf? But what does that look like for you? Um, Well, uh, he's doing a lot of that right now, actually. Um. And it is difficult um, at times for me. Um, It is something that I am um, always uh, focusing on with people that I teach, um, people that I minister to or work with um, in my friendships and any relationship that I have, period. And it's interesting because when you're in a certain role and in a relationship, Um, especially like as a teacher or a mentor or um, as big sister or whatever that role may be, sometimes it's easier to be vulnerable in that role um, than it is outside of that, right? Um, Outside of that is really giving people you. And um, I'm in the place right now where the Lord is really stretching me um, to give more of me, which... um, is difficult because that doesn't mean through the lens of a teacher or a mentor or just a big sister, but just who is Francine, period. Right. Um, I believe that he has me in a place where he's trying to um, restore or renew uh, my emotions and feelings and what that looks like in and through him, um, because I think that um Many of the things that have happened in the past, um, you know, when you're trying to protect yourself, you put walls up. And a lot of times we don't realize that when we block out the bad, we're also blocking out the good and what God really wants to do. And so right now I feel like I'm in a place where God is opening me up and he's like, hey, I'm your covering I'm your protector. I'm your provider, those types of things. And so allow me to protect you in this place and to cover you versus you doing it for yourself in an incorrect way that ends up keeping everybody out. Right. Right. And so um, he's really trying to get me to bond with people and connect with people. And that's something that um, I would give people me like I said, based on whatever role I was in, but it would be difficult for me to trust that I could really give people me that they would really hold me down or show up for me in the Mm -hmm. same ways that I did for them. Yeah. So that's the place that we're in right now. Um, It's difficult because I have to do that um, in my relationship with God as well. Right. That has to be a reflection of what happens in my relationship with people. Right. And um, so it's, it hasn't been easy, um, but yeah, that's where we're at. Then right how now. are you overcoming it? Like, how are you <clears throat> um, facing it? Well, 
Um, he's given me different scenarios or situations to show up in, um, meaning that instead of because um, usually if I felt feelings or certain things that would come up with people that would leave me in a vulnerable space or in a space for me to really need people or really miss them. Um, I would figure out how to block that, shut that down, pray it away, numb it. You know what I'm saying? Something that would instantly gratify me to where it would um, completely, um, disconnect me from feeling what I feel. And it's crazy because God really uses what I feel and sense bodily and emotionally to minister and to help in deliverance and stuff like that. And so it's crazy that these are the very areas that I'm trying to numb to Mm -hmm. disconnect myself um, from really feeling like that I need anybody. Um, And it's funny too, because um, now I feel more when I miss people or I feel more when I need people or want to bond with somebody. And it's a very vulnerable place for me and it's really uncomfortable. And so sitting in that has been um, difficult. Um, One of the places that he's been showing it to me um, the most is waiting on him to provide or waiting on him to take care of what I need Mm -hmm. and not me jumping up and say, okay, I'm about to do this myself. And it doesn't mean that you don't do your part. Right. But I would try to do my part and his part. Um, And, you know, um, based off of what has happened in my life, I was used to being provided for, you know, um, and taken care of. And my mom takes care of everything that we need. Um, and she would make sure that we never went without, especially with us not having my dad, right. you know. And so um, it's been interesting Um, Because she ended up taking on the provider role. Mm. Um, And so then sometimes in her doing that, the nurturing might have been the missing component. And so then when I would encounter God, I would only want to encounter him from that place and not the provider place. Right. Yeah. Because, again, a father gives provision, a father gives protection and a father gives purpose. And so what we're learning here, and it's so cool um, to hear Francine talk about it again, Francine, I just thank you for your vulnerability and your willingness to share. I can totally relate with the aspect of when the home isn't in the, the order in which God intended for it to be, where you have a mother and a father who are health, healthy and walking in their respective roles, because we know a mother is similar to the Holy Spirit and a mother teaches, a mother comforts and a mother nurtures. But when the father is absent or when the father isn't in living up to the role as a provider, as somebody who protects, as one that that speaks life and gives purpose and gives the child identity, the mother has to be both nurturer yeah. and corrector. And it's like, wait a minute, mom has to both provide mm-hmm. and comfort me. Yeah. But then at the same time, I know for me, I perverted that perspective and yeah. saw it as criticism, but it wasn't mm-hmm. criticism. It right. was love <clears throat> because right. love corrects, but because it was perverted, because I was right. already exposed to not having the natural covering in order and and no 
disrespect to, to any of the fathers who weren't in the home, because at the same time, you have to look at their life, yeah. how they were raised. Half the times they didn't have the right covering or the right protection. And this is how generational cycles are repeated. This is how generational cycles keep going. But I'm, I'm grateful that we will be the ones that cancel the generational yeah. curses on our bloodlines. Like we are going to do the work now yeah. in order to make it so that by time we are found for those of us who are women, because we know he who finds a wife finds a good thing. By the time we are found, we'll already be healed. Mm-hmm. We'll already be whole. And then the next process of healing comes from the corrective experiences that comes from the relationship. Or, and even with a friendship, I'm learning um, in this season of my life, God is sending individuals into my life that are making me face certain things that I would initially try to avoid. Mm-hmm. I would initially have to run from. And it's like at the same time, it's like, sure, a lot of us are the strong friends. A lot of us don't want to face the junk in our hearts. So a lot of us don't even know that it's junk until you're in that moment, in that disagreement, and you have an option. Mm-hmm. Will you exhibit Christ-like character? Take a step back and examine what is going on. Examine the miscommunication and still show up, even when that person doesn't want to show up, even when that person wants to walk away, even when that person wants to run away, because you might be the only example of Jesus that they experience. And not even that, you may be the one person that endures to the end that shows them what it's like to have somebody who doesn't give up on them. And I get it. But what about me? Like, what about what I'm feeling? Well, that's a part of the growth. That's a part of the process. That's a part of becoming more like Christ. That's a part of dying to yourself and your flesh's wants in order to look more like Christ, like the fruits of the spirit. Love, peace, joy, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, kindness. And I'm thinking I'm mixing up a couple of translations here and Mm self-control. And the goal is to bear those fruits. And it's so easy for us to want to be justified to say, hey, this person did me wrong. But the Bible says to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Like the Bible tells you how to resist the enemy. The Bible tells you how to walk these things out so that you are bearing the fruit. And the Bible tells you to, 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 to die is to gain and not a physical death, but a spiritual death, a fleshly death of the sense of dying to what you feel is right. And that's so good, Francine, that you, you pointed that out. And it's, it's so crazy when you stop and just think you can, mm-hmm. Talk about one point and then you always can go deeper. You can always pivot. You can always like it's bigger than what it looks like. Like the big picture is bigger than what we what we think. And that is that God is a master storyteller. And I'm just so grateful that he sees fit to allow us all to be a part of his plan, whether we have the eyes to to see it or the ears to hear it. And it's my prayer that every one of you guys listening will start to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear what God is doing. Um, I kind of feel led to do this poem that I did last season. It wasn't in this show, but it's Digging through memories, blowing off the dust of the moments that I buried when life got rough between dreams and nightmares, unable to discern the difference. So I hid them or at least tried to. These memories are pieces to a puzzle God wrote just for me. The pieces that did not fit, picking up from other stories passing through, never meant to keep collecting disappointment that was never meant for me. It's amazing when you sit still long enough to realize God has always been speaking. And now I know 
He shows us the vision so that we can trust him, gathering the pieces as we go. And if you know his voice, and I know I do, you'll be able to discern which pieces were never meant to be a part of your puzzle. And every, and I'm messing it up, Lord, forgive me. (laughs) What pieces were never meant to be a part of the puzzle in the first place? And every plan at the time, you just could not, every I'm going to pull out right there because I I figured I'm like really botching it, but it's okay. There's grace for that. So let me try to jump back on it. (laughs) Picking up the pieces as we go and every, and it is basically the part after that says that everything, everything you've done had an exit plan at the time you just could not see. And it's no wonder as you're digging through our memories, blowing off the dust of the moments that you buried when life got rough, you can tangibly see the Lord's handprint across them. And this conversation is just reminding me how God is in the details, even when we don't see him. And sometimes our greatest areas of strength is also our greatest areas of weakness. Because for me, I can come off really blunt, but at the same time, my bluntness can be seen as boldness. And so it's based on the situation. It's based on the posture of my heart. It's based on who's receiving it. And if they are dealing with wounds that they have to to work through. And I feel like that's the beauty of life. And so you mentioned that you are now at a place where you're desiring a level of nurture and you're realizing how the, the, the role at your home was just not in place because of your father not being there and your mother having to assume both the roles. Like, how are you, how does that look now in your life? Like now that you know what the truth is, like, how are you applying that in And I get it. Like we're still in process. Like we're still in, like we're still becoming. And even talking about it right now could be another level of healing or another level of exposure. But like, what was the aha moment in which you realized that this is what's happening? This is what the enemy has been doing. And now that I know I have to do better. Mm, (laughs) Jeez. Um, (laughs) What was the aha moment? <laughs> My God, there's like so many of them up to this point. Um, I think one of the last ones I had um, was um, actually when we were um, standing outside the church and we were talking about um, preparing for Pioneer Girls and um, like doing quick prophecy, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. And, um, and I was like, Oh, that's so hard for me to do. You know, like I do see things and there is a way that God speaks through me prophetically. Um, and we all have that Mm -hmm. ability. Um, but it can be unique in each and every different person. And so um, I was saying that it's difficult because like I need to think and, but then there are different scenarios and situations where it was easy for me. And um, uh, Miss Janae here um, was like, no, I feel like you could do it. Um, Okay. What's hurting on me right now? And um, I saw her stomach. And so I said that, and she was like, okay, yo, like you were actually on point. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then one of my other friends was like, um, no, it's not fear. Cause at first I was thinking possibly that it could be fear. 
And she was like, no, it's not fear. It's control. And when she said that, I was like, oh, my God. So um, that was really powerful for me because immediately the Holy Spirit took me back to a paper that I wrote in grad school um, when I was getting my master's in mental health counseling. And we had a class um, where we had to write a paper on um, what our family struggles with generationally. And it was control and like um, I put legality, but um, it has a different context in terms of what we've been learning at church right now and stuff like that, because laws are everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Even there's laws in the word and with God. Right. But um, um, it was control. And so the Holy Spirit immediately brought me back to that paper and in that paper, I wrote how it is generationally on both sides mm -hmm. of my family. And um, then I realized in that place of control, it makes it difficult for me to let go. It makes it difficult for me to be vulnerable. It makes it difficult for me to let other people in. And it makes it difficult for God to use me on a different level where I trust just yeah. letting go and being able to flow. And that is there, but there could be more, right? Um, because um, there was still some place that I was holding on, right? And so when he began to show me that, then he began to show me my closet and all the different size clothes I had in my closet and that I was holding on to just in case I failed or just in case I didn't get to that next place. So even that in many ways, I was trying to control it. And so when he began to show me this stuff about control, he showed me my closet and then he showed me like how I was holding on to all of those dead things or those um, pieces and parts of me um, um, that I was numb to at the time. Right. Like pieces and parts of Francine that I was numb to that I was holding on to just in case. So when I get healed, I could get to know that person again. Mm. Um, and. The crazy part about it is, it's like, would you really want to go back to that place, that place that you were completely disconnected from? And then God showed me like this where I was a rope was tied around my waist and there were the bodies of me at those different sizes that I was dragging, like holding on to. And um, he was just showing me that in my closet, in my house, in you know, how I related to and connected with people, um, how that showed up in my family. And in this paper I wrote, there was even a treatment plan <laughs> that I wrote out um, to help counsel my family through it. But it was interesting reading it because I could see how it showed up in my mom. Because mm -hmm. I wrote how it showed up in me and my brother and my grandparents in my aunts and my uncles and stuff. And all of this um, getting in the way of me not being able to let go yeah. and to be able to be vulnerable and showing me where um, the disconnect was in my family and yeah. certain things and how things got out of order. And um, and then even what roles I was taking on as a woman 
in how I would connect with men or not and what I trusted or what I didn't trust. Um, I remember even a friend, um, him asking me one time, it was like, um, you know, do you, um, are you used to people leaving or in a sense, people not showing up? And so I was like, yeah, oh my God, like I'm, there are people, let's not get it twisted, that do show up for me. But um, I would have to go through this whole long story that we're not going to do right now. <laughs> but um, in what I said yes to as it relates to what he was talking about. Um, but I realized in that, that I would never, like I would always prepare myself for people to leave. Yeah in my friendships, in my relationships, just in case I would prepare myself not to miss people and not to really need them. Mm -hmm. And so in doing so, I was never really bonding with anybody. Right. And then even so to the dancers, like I lead the dance ministry at my church and, you know, they make jokes about, well, we need to have bonding time. We need to have time where we connect or whatever. And I realized that that's something I wasn't necessarily doing with them either. Like I'd be there for them. I'd give to them as much as I could in my role. Right. And I would connect with them outside, but I was, you know, as a friend and certain things like that. But again, I was still in a certain role. Right. And not just giving them me. Right. You know, and so, um, I've had many revelations about stuff, but that was the area where some things begin to unravel on another level. And so now within weeks, um, I've been feeling things that I've never felt before in terms of missing people. And um, not that I've never missed anyone (laughs) because I have, but uh, meaning on another level, right? Like, um, um, Like in particular, like if certain people were to leave or certain things, it's like, no, take me with you. Like, I've never really been that type of person. You know, I mean, I would. Yeah, I would miss them, but not I would prepare myself to not be around those people. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's interesting because when I would hear like couples or certain people and be like, oh, he went away and I missed him. So I'll be like, can you please get yourself together? Like, why? You know what I'm saying? Like, are you missing that person like that? I mean, they're just gone for a bit of time. But I recognize that there was a part of me that was numb and cut off and not active, you know, and so God is opening those things up and it doesn't feel good. Um, for me, because it requires more vulnerability and stretching and flexibility. And so, um, I am learning to not say, Hey Lord, if it's not you hurry up, snatch it, cut it off and say, okay, Lord, whatever it is, I submit it to you and you help me work it through. I mean, there are some things you need to cut off, but the things that I was telling him to cut off don't need to be cut off. I just like to cut stuff off, period. Throw it out, whatever, you know? So, yeah. (laughs) So good. So good. As Francine was talking and just in alignment with being able to look in at the paper she wrote and the solution or the remedy 
for how she was able to see how it has affected her mother and how it affected her brothers and her her family. It's interesting because if you go to Deuteronomy, what is this? Let's see. Deuteronomy 5 and let's start at 9. It says, you shall not. Nope, let's not do that. Let's go. Well, yeah. So five and nine, you shall not bow down to them or serve them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. And so it's this reality that there is something called generational curses, but there is also something called generational blessings. And it's this reality at the same time that there are there are things that are passed down through the bloodline on both spectrums. But when you raise up to be a generational curse breaker, when you allow God to expose the areas in which you have grown accustomed to doing and you're able to see how, wait a minute, my mom does this. Oh, wait a minute, my grandma does this. Like, okay, God, like how do I be the one that stops this? Because he's bringing it to your attention so that you can be the one who 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 pulls it down at the root who stands up and says, this will not go any further. My children will not experience this. And when you do that, it's not fun. It's not easy, but you're also getting back into position so that all the generational blessings that were supposed to come can now come like hands down. Sorry, guys, I forgot. I was (laughs) playing the song that Francine had danced to. Um, And so, Francine, again, I just thank you for your willingness to share this. And I really don't have anything else to say. I feel like she has like just given you guys so much insight and so much wisdom and and through her transparency and her vulnerability to share this with you guys. And so, Francine, I'm just going to ask that you pray us out. And this will be the first prayer of this season. And I just believe that you should do it. So if you could before you pray, just let them know how they can connect with you and then pray us out and we'll holler at you next week. Awesome. So I am on Instagram under at 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 underscore the underscore walk. Um, And on Facebook, I am just Francine at um, I'm on Twitter and my Twitter (laughs) is weird. It's spelled Fran not on twit i know that sounds crazy but my last name is ot so the n goes into the not it's really weird i don't even know if you're gonna get that but i'm on instagram and facebook and also yes um i make jewelry particularly right now focused on earrings and my instagram page for that is journey the number two healing yes um so Hopefully you guys follow me, check me out somewhere. Um, And right now I'm just going to pray us out. Um, So Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this day, for this opportunity to share, for an opportunity to be vulnerable, Lord God, in front of other people, just listening to your voice, Lord God, and understanding you and being guided by that. Um, I pray that anybody listening is encouraged to be open, to be vulnerable, to trust that God is covering you, to trust that God is protecting you to trust that he can be your nurturing, your provider and everything you need, everything you need, your banner of love, your peace, your guidance. Um, and 
He is there for you um, and will continue to cover and keep you. And so I pray that in your relationships, um, in your connections, on your job and everything that you allow yourself to be open and vulnerable enough to let the Holy Spirit lead you, to guide you, to be able to walk in boldness, um, to understand that you have the ability to change atmospheres when you step into the room and that when you encounter God, you don't just encounter power and anointing, but you encounter the person. Person. You encounter relationship because relationship is what truly changes things. And a lot of times when we've been vulnerable, we run from that. Um, I mean, not just vulnerable, but a lot of times when we've been hurt, we run from that. And so, God, I just pray that people wouldn't run from rawness and realness and vulnerability, but understand how it changes and transforms lives. Understand how you sharing your testimony could be such a blessing to other people. And so, God, I just thank you. Um, I just pray for continued healing um, and peace in the lives of the people that are listening and, and everybody in general as well. And I just thank you for um, who you are and the work that you're doing in each of our lives. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.